news. News flash. News. News flash. News. News now. News. News in the now. News. News that's a week late. You know what we should start doing? <laughs> I was just thinking, like, when you said news now, news now sounded like a, uh, like some sort of news network name or something. So right. it's just like, you know what, it's one of these days I'm going to send out an email to you and I'm like, okay, we're adjusting the format of, um, of the news show. Um, and so now, you know, the shows are going to start. Good evening and welcome to the news. My name's Carl Eastman. <laughs> that would just, be awesome. We should do that. Just uh, fully lean into this, it, you know. The, the, yeah. I was actually like thinking about that a little while ago, like. We're a news show, but we really just kind of rattle off in no particular order. Like, I don't know how much thought you put to the to, so, the, well, to the show notes, but like, they're definitely not segments. Because like last week we were talking about The Flash, and then we talked about other things, and then we talked about something else Flash related, and then we talked about some other stuff, and there was like another thing that was kind of Flash. It was like, this is not... This doesn't seem planned out well. Like these three things feel like they should all just be one right after the other. Well, so it's is and I can speak to that. So it's technically not the news. So cuz like I took media and and broadcasting and reporting and and shit like that in, in Ooh, uh, you in got college. an education. And uh, so the, the the actual correct distinction is so there's news out there, right? There are news whatevers, and that would be maybe sounding a little less uptight uh, and stiff so than we're what my joke was. But it would be like, oh, you know, um, it, it'd be like what IGN's little short videos are. They're like, you know, good morning, Stay I'm so and so from IGN, and this is, you know, what's that? Blah 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 right what we are falls under the definition of news talk and so it's like you know any of those like political talk radio stations or whatever where you're listening and they're like yeah you know what there's a story there's a thing that's happened and it really only takes like five to ten seconds to actually get that story out and tell people, well, we're going to spend the next half hour, next 45 minutes, next hour on the show (laughs) talking about, you know, speculating, commenting (laughs) on it, you know, shooting the shit. But it still feels like, like, especially after last week, last or last news episode, it feels like there should be like segments. This is yeah. the this is the DCU segment. This is the and, MCU segment. This is the Star Wars segment. You know what I mean? For the most part, the way that the show notes, like the way the topics are sort of laid out, is why are we doing? You had all the time in the world to ask me this before we started this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> we it they're typically laid out in like um, they grow in terms of like. How big of a news story is it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Let's see. Uh, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. 
you know, and sometimes it's like, well, you know, this news topic actually dropped at like the start of the week and this one dropped at the end of the week. So then sometimes there's a little bit of like chronology that's playing into it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, yeah. That's, Hello and that's welcome to the Movie Men Podcast. <laughs> the B team. <laughs> what? My name's Brady. And I am Carl. And uh, as Carl has pointed out, this is not the news, apparently, bastard. This is uh, a, n- a news talk show where uh, we take a bunch of topics from the world of movie news over the last week, and we break them down, we talk a little bit about them, we bring you into the loop, and then we give uh, we give our own opinions. So Yeah. Um, and- I didn't I didn't mention this before the show either, but I feel like we before you jump into the the show notes, the list, uh-huh. the list of news <laughs> topics, I feel like there's a topic I th- I thought we might talk about it last week, but I forgot when okay. we were talking last week and at the show notes, and then it's not here on this week's show notes. But we did send a te- you did send me like a, a message about it, oh. um, and it's something we talked about three weeks ago about mm. Ezra Miller at the Flash opening. We talked about him and have, yes. having like a do not talk gag order type thing. And then you sent me a link and that he talked. So I don't know, would this be in print media when you print something that's false, you have to, you usually print something in the next issue that's uh what do they call it? A, um, a essentially, uh, oh, sorry. Like a, a redactment or an amendment? Yeah, this is, yeah, a redaction or an addendum or a yeah. So this is this is it's not, not really that because we didn't know it was going to happen. We were just running off. No, of but I think it's a fun. Like we we speculated a lot, and then he actually did have a little interview blip. Yeah, so it's worth. Uh, okay, so some clarification. Ezra did talk at like wasn't silent at the premiere um but the interview that i sent you a clip of that ezra miller did that is like the um see if i can go back and find it here it's like the official statement um excuse me official statement piece that the people in the film and and whatever do and the questions are very controlled like they know what the questions are going to be ahead of time and and right sort of all the actors do it that's a very planned thing what ezra was not allowed to do what oh here it is yeah Ezra. what ezra is not allowed to do or was not allowed to do was wander the red carpet Right, was um, not allowed to go and mingle with so he, he all was of allowed the to different do this outlets. Very, very um, meticulously choreographed thing. Yeah, and again, okay. I I think probably a lot of that was you know was Warner Brothers looking at it and going, you know, looking at the questions and seeing, okay, great, nobody's talking about how do you feel about babies and houses with guns and how do you feel about strangling women and how do you feel about right like that was all that was something that they were able to to sort of have control over particularly because if if this if the people who put these like official proper 
you know, press interview together. Um, if they were to sneak that kind of question, they would never sneak that kind of question in, even though it wasn't on the initial thing, because it would completely destroy their credibility and, and you know, it'd be, a, yeah. It, yeah, it'd be really well, I mean, I guess kind of Ezra kept it all together too, which is, I don't know how telling that is or what that means, but, you know, he could have very easily went off script. <laughs> Yeah, I get the feeling that like a lot of that, I you know, and I don't obviously I don't know firsthand, um, but having watched some stuff, I sort of get the feeling that a lot of that sort of mentality that Ezra had, that that sort of mental space that Ezra was in, um, is sort of behind them now, and that mm. Ezra's more now into the phase of just sort of dealing with those consequences from mm. from the time of being mentally ill. <clears throat> Not that I'm saying, you know, like, ooh, that's it. They flipped the switch and Ezra's completely cured and and, and everything's fine and, and they don't have a struggle. Like, you know, they're not medicated or have, like, a day-to-day struggle or or whatever it is. Um, but even just, like, the little glimpses that I've seen of Ezra, it seems pretty clear this is not the same Ezra from a year and a half ago. That, you know, that there's... There's been great progress made in terms of mental health. So, yeah. I mean, the fact that Ezra's even there dressed up nice in a suit at a premiere a year and a half ago, nobody could find Ezra, <laughs> right? Like it was, <laughs> right. it, it was bad. So, yeah. um, yeah. anyway, cool. All right, jumping into our first official topic um and it segues nice to keep carl happy it's just it's a flash segment everything clean and snug and um the flash the movie that you and i have both seen um and actually our review for it at the time that this is out uh our review for it will have just dropped so go track that down and make sure you listen to it if you've seen the flash Mm -hmm. um and it's uh is not looking good. It's yeah, not I mean, looking good for the Flash. Kind of opening the the doors to our our conversation uh, from the Flash episode. We both saw it pretty late, and the theaters for both of us were empty, which for <clears> me <throat> and Owen Sound didn't seem seemed a little weird and off for an opening mm-hmm. night. But when you said it, I was a little taken aback. Because you're seeing right. it in a larger city, much larger. Well, city. I also saw it at ten thirty at night on a Sunday, so I mean, but but it's still opening weekend. It was for, yeah for something that's yeah. being hyped to be this big thing. It was yeah, it, it but it's also little... I mean it, it, to to its credit, I mean it was it was ten thirty at night Sunday. on a Sunday in um. In an IMAX theater hmm. where my, like the physical c- cinema, Cineplex that I was in, had at least one, I think maybe two other show, like cheaper, like just regular or like right. Dolby Atmos shows. Okay. So, so maybe it, not it, as, I, as telling yeah. uh, for you, but it's, it's still hard to say. Still, still kind of like, it, yeah. Kind it did like, feel strange okay, this, to me. Maybe things that, are lining like, up here <laughs> in a theater that that you know maybe has three hundred seats in it or whatever it is. 
Um, I would say there was maybe 30 people in the theater. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty dead. Um, so, The Flash... <sighs> has only at this point grossed $210... Just $210. $210 million worldwide. And has just had, because now at the time of recording, this is a Monday, so we have our information from The Flash's second weekend. Now, it's normal that you have a drop-off, right? So one of the things that you're looking at in terms of movie box office numbers is opening weekend. How well is a film going to do opening weekend? And then subsequently, what is the box office drop-off between first weekend and second weekend? Because lots of people go see movies through the week, but those weekends, those are your real spikes in box office numbers. Those those are the ones you kind of look at of like, okay, how much, how, how many more legs is this thing going to have? And those are usually kind of determined by your weekends. Well... The Flash has seen a 73% drop in its second weekend. That's, That's big. a lot. <laughs> That's a lot when you factor in that it only made like uh do I have that number here? Um it only made $55 million opening weekend. That's it. We have films nowadays. Now, 50 there are lots of films out there. That would, you know, like horror films or comedies or, you know, whatever it is, that would be popping champagne at a $55 million opening weekend. But not a major comic book film that is the return of Michael Keaton as Batman and is the next big thing in the DCU or DCEU, sorry, DCU doesn't exist yet, and you got to drop a letter still in the future here. But it's rough. That's Those are bad numbers, and it means that this film is going to lose money, has lost right. money. Um, it is not going to even come close to that breaking even mark, um, and it's definitely not going to make any money. Now, I want to kind of ask you and and us unpack a little bit here. What is, what's going on? I mean, you and I saw this film and we both enjoy it. Spoiler alert for our, our, our review. We both enjoyed this film. It had some issues, sure. But ultimately, we both, we walked out, we were like, you know what, this was fun, this was highly entertaining, and it is pretty clear that everybody and their grandmother loved and was excited for the fact that we had um, uh, Michael Keaton Keaton back as Batman. (laughs) I did that during our recording of the yeah, yeah. did it <laughs> um funny. and so it just kind of begs the question what the hell is going on hmm. so so do you have a theory well i going? want 
first of all, I want to crush a theory that's out there. And okay. there is a theory that I've heard in lots of internet weekend or internet warrior basement dwelling, you know, pizza pocket eating guys that are hopping on in comment sections of Facebook posts and YouTube videos and whatever it is going, well, these it's like these films are just going to flop now because they're rebooting it. And so people have given up. People have given up because mm. James Gunn's come out and he said, you know, like, no, yeah, Canning no, none of this matters. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. None of this matters. Well, here's the problem with that theory. The problem with that theory is that it suggests that everything was going fine until now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, like specifically for the DC universe, yeah. I saw I saw someone put out a someone online used this analogy, and I think I think it's pretty it's pretty apt, right? He said, "Let me tell you a story." A man puts peanuts out on a dish in his backyard, and the squirrel comes. He sits and he waits and he watches, and a squirrel comes and eats the peanuts, and he sneezes. The squirrel sneezes, and the guy goes, "Oh, that's weird." And so the next day, he puts more peanuts out, and the squirrel comes back, and he eats the peanuts, and the squirrel sneezes. The guy goes, huh. And he does it again the next day. Puts the peanuts out, the squirrel comes back, the squirrel squirrel eats the peanuts, and the squirrel sneezes. So then on the fourth day, the man decides, I'm going to put out some almonds. I'm going to try almonds. And so he puts some almonds out, and the squirrel comes, and the squirrel eats the almonds, and the squirrel sneezes. And then the man goes, huh. Must be the almonds. <laughs> Which clearly it's not, but it's that's pretty similar to the theory that's being proposed here, right? Yeah. Is hey, movies are coming out, they're not doing well. Movies are coming out, they're not doing well. Movies are coming out, they're not doing well. Small or not small, but announcement is made. Next movie comes out, doesn't do well. Huh, must be that announcement. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm. So let's take a quick look here. <laughs> so Man of Steel, which came out June 14th, 2013, did $667 million worldwide. Now, that's pretty good. And there's two things to keep in mind here. Number one, it was the start of a new cinematic universe, right? So any sour taste from this cinematic universe was not in people's mouths yet. There was nothing working against the idea of people going to see this film. The second thing is that it was also a new Superman. And so uh, there's going to be a draw there. So Man of Steel, $667 million, absolutely makes sense. Next up. Batman v Superman came out March 25th, 2016 to $872 million. You know what? A lot of people didn't like Man of Steel, but there are a lot of people who did. But this was not only a new Batman, but it was the, like, finally, it was the ultimate showdown between Batman and Superman on the big screen this movie was going to do well. Regardless of oh. the fact that people have crapped on it, they don't really like it, blah, blah, blah. And people were going to go see it. The introduction of Wonder Woman as well. The introduction of Wonder Woman. Next up, we have The Suicide Squad did 745 
million. Al, you've got a new Joker advertised. You've got a big name in there like Will Smith, pre-slap. And it looked fun and quirky from the trailers. You didn't realize from the trailers how bad Enchantress was going to be done and, you know, all these things. But it it looked like a good time. Yeah. And so it it did well. Next up, we have Wonder Woman did $817 million. Still doing great, DCEU. And I think part of that was people really enjoyed her appearance as Wonder Woman in um yeah. batman v superman but also this <laughs> was just a phenomenal movie yeah she was a standout in that movie for the minimal yes. screen time she had yeah but also the wonder woman movie was just a phenomenal movie and so word oh, of mouth great. got out and people kept going back and seeing it and seeing it and seeing it and it projected <clears throat> those numbers up this is where things get interesting the next film was the justice league now the justice league should have blow all of these previous numbers out of the water. 655 million. It was the lowest grossing up until that point it was the lowest grossing DCEU film. The Justice League. DC's version the of the Avengers. There. Yeah. That's when there should be a little bit of a red flag. The next film that comes out is Aquaman to 1.1 billion with a B and remains DC's highest grossing film. Really? Yes. I would not have, have, I would not have ranked it there if I had to rank them without looking. But that's, that's, it's just the money it made, right? People like Jason Momoa is a hottie. (laughs) It was a pretty good film. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Then Shazam! A film that I enjoy. I like the first Shazam, but mm-hmm. it's not a property that many people have heard of. And following the kind of duds of Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Justice League, critically, not financially, but critically, yeah, I don't know that all the fans are necessarily going to put blind faith in a character that they don't even know and have never heard of. Shazam only made $363 million. Next up, we have Birds of Prey, $201 million. I haven't even seen that. Wonder Woman 84, $166 million. Are you noticing a trajectory? That that makes sense, that one. <laughs> that one's not The good. Suicide Squad, $167 million. Now, there needs to be an asterisk here because both Wonder Woman 84 and The Suicide Squad came out during the pandemic. And yeah. came out, I think, even, I think they were both day and date release. Right? So, they came out in theaters, yes, but they also came out on streaming the same day. You could, you had to pay like 30 oh, bucks or whatever it was. That would hurt it hard. Oh, absolutely. Regardless I think of you, you still had to pay a premium in order to watch it on that streaming yeah. service, but it was still, you didn't have to leave your house. And that was at a time where people were afraid to leave their house, right? Like you were offering not just convenience, but you were offering safety for people. Then we have Black Adam. Black Adam only made $391 million worldwide. And you go, wow, that's like double what what the last couple have made. That's not so bad. 
for the world's biggest movie star. <laughs> the world's biggest yeah. movie star in a film that has taken like 13 years from the time it was announced to the time that it's been made. And that's no joke. Like it was 2007. We I think when they together. announced. So yes, but it was 2007 when they announced um, <clears throat> Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Black Adam. Oh, yeah. It was in like production for ages. Yeah. Um, then we have Shazam Fury of the Gods. $132 million. Financial disaster. And now The Flash sitting at 210. So, and it wasn't until after Black Adam that we announced that James Gunn was taking over and everything was changing. Yeah. It wasn't until that point. So, after that, uh, yeah, Shazam Fury of the Gods is the lowest grossing film of all time, but only by $30 million. And then The Flash, a movie that by all means should have done incredible, is sitting at 210. So that's not what it is. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. It's not because they're switching things up. I think it's just that people have been so burned. I think it's a couple things. I think people have been very burned by the DCEU. Right? I think the quality control has been all over the place. I do also think that there is some negative, not only is there some negative press around the film because of Ezra's controversies, but as a result of those controversies, this film wasn't able to do a traditional press junket, a traditional press campaign, Right. right? So the marketing campaign was a little weird. You don't have Ezra and... Michael Keaton and um, the um, the girl that played Supergirl, you don't have her showing up on late night talk shows. Yeah, you, and you don't have as many kind of face to face kind of interview stuff flying around TikTok yeah. and because YouTube it's not just Ezra and, who yeah. gets kicked out at that point, right? You can't send you can't send Michael Keaton and and the Supergirl actress to do a talk show because inevitably the question's going to be, what's going on with Ezra? Yeah. <laughs> right? And then, yeah. that, like, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's definitely not, I'll tell you right now, it's definitely not because DC's changing. Because I guarantee you, if you were to poll... <clears throat> 10,000 people, like 90% of those people, at least 80% of those people have no idea that the DC's changing and, and all of these things. Right. That's stuff that you and I know about. That's stuff that like the diehard sweaties on the internet know about. But it's not it's not something that's on the top of everyone's mind. Um, anyways, you hear this, Carl. Are you surprised to hear that... A, the Flash is doing this poorly. And B, do you have any alternate theories on why um on why things are the way they are? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit surprised for sure. As I talked we we talked like the beginning of this conversation. It is kind of kind of like 
the the situations in our viewing of it kind of are telling to this outcome, even though some of them they were a little late and at weird times. But I think it's still kind of like okay, this is ob- this is obviously happening more than just in our viewings, like <laughs> right. So I think there's been many other viewings at ideal times where there's been. 10, 20, 30 people in a theater that can hold 10, 15, 20 times that. <laughs> uh, but man, uh, theories, man, I mean, I don't think the, the whole like, oh, every everything that's in the DCEU uh, or DCU, uh, whatever, the, the cinematic universe is... Uh, is scrapped now. So now people don't want to watch this because it doesn't matter. I don't think, I don't think that's a reason, but I don't think it's like, I I think it's, if you twist that reason a little bit, I think it holds a little more weight in that the confusion about what is and what isn't for those, for those who are diehard. I mean, for those who care anyway, but like, we don't know it's not a clean break right guns guns been very um straightforward about how some stuff will and some stuff won't and been very vague about what is and what isn't going yeah, to be it's, it's been a pretty continuity. cryptic announcement and it's i think that confusion is definitely probably hurt this film to some degree not to the degree that we're talking about here. I think Ezra Miller controversy has definitely hurt it, but I don't think it's hurt it to the degree we see here. Um, I think it's, it's probably more just uh, the perfect storm of misadventure and and events coming together to like we talk about like people being kind of hurt by previously bad DC movies. So they're just going to wait for uh, streaming or rent. I mean that, that makes some sense, but again, like I don't think to the degree we see here, I think, I think more than anything, I think people, not just DC comic book movies, but like, comic book movies as a whole over the last uh what i don't know five ten years i don't know how far back i can go um but i think like they've definitely seen kind of a decline in quality right we you you kind of just went over the dc cinematic universe and it's kind of journey to to the pinnacle and then dropping hard. <laughs> well, the Marvel movies have kind of, they've had their hit and misses in the early years, but they were all pretty strong with the exception of one or two. And and now it's kind of up and down and all over the place. And people just kind of like burnt out and don't want to spend money on something that's <clears throat> not a sure thing anymore. That's what I like. I think it's just a perfect storm of like all those kind of feelings and events. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. <sighs> all right. Are you yeah. ready for a really nice segue? 
one that just feels like it's so connected. Sure. All right. Uh, yeah. Speaking of speaking of the the understanding what's happening with DC and what isn't happening and trying to make sense of all of that. Um, one of the films that we've really not fully understood, especially recently, is the Blue Beetle. Um, after James Gunn came out and said, you know, Blue Beetle is <laughs> the first character of the new DCU, but the first movie of the new DCU is Superman Legacy. And that's been complicated. Doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and it's been complicated for us further now that the director of Blue Beetle has come out and said that Blue Beetle has been planned to be the first of a trilogy. This is what was said. We are part of the universe. We are part of the world. We're part of the plans that they have been creating for the future installments of the DCU. But we are not tied to all of the films from the past. Yes, our movie lives in the world where superheroes exist, but that doesn't mean that a certain event or certain alliance or certain things from the past dictate where our film is going. What? (laughs) Our first movie, the way we wanted to do it, was always with the mentality that we wanted to do two more at least. And taking the traditional three-act structure of a story, we wanted our first movie to practically be the first act of a saga. Okay. (laughs) 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 What? (laughs) Like, okay. So it's not the first film of the new DCU. (laughs) You're tied to... I mean, the thing that really gets me is... um, We're not tied to all of the films from the past. So you're not tied to all of the films from the past, but that implies that you are tied to some of them. And you're also tied to what's coming, but you're not the first movie of what's coming. So, huh? Like, don't get me wrong. My excitement, my anticipation for Blue Beetle has been growing. I'm looking forward to it. Everything we've seen from it, I think, um, has has increased my interest. Um, I'm very intrigued by the fact that this was a film that they originally shot to be released on HBO Max, and then they were like, hey, you know what? We've got something pretty good here. Let's Let's do a theatrical release. Like, that's intriguing to me. That shows that the studio's got big confidence in this film. But I don't understand any of this. <laughs> I don't know where this fits in. And that's going to, for me, much like what you were just talking about with The Flash, when I, if there's not like something that comes out that is very clear cut explanation, okay, look, here's the timeline. Here's how it makes sense. Here's how it, it it all fits together. Then when I sit down in the theater to watch Blue Beetle, I'm going to be somewhat... I'm going to have one foot out of the film the whole time. 
because I'm going to be sitting there going, I don't even know what universe this is a part of. Like, I don't know what this is. <clears throat> What's the continuity? What's the continuity? How does I don't this know. Fold into- to what? Yeah, I don't know if these events from the past have happened in the context of this film. I don't know if the events of this film are going to impact other, like, no, and there's something to be said for, you know, ultimately, to an extent, that shouldn't matter, right? You should be able to just go and sit down, watch a film as an isolated experience and enjoy it you know, and, and be able to judge it whether it's a good or a bad film based on that isolated viewing experience. 100%. But I can't help but sit and wonder, right? Like, I just, I, I'm so, I've never seen, I have never seen a scenario where each additional announcement or piece of information that we get about what is happening and where this is going simply causes more confusion. Like, yeah, nothing and they don't has been have, cleared up. It's not like this film has the time, the screen time, to explain a lot of that because it's an origin story. It needs to spend every minute of its screen time building and creating the characters that we're going to follow through a potential three act, three film act. Exactly. Right. Well, and it have, just even, they, they got to set all this stuff. They got to, they got to introduce us to the main character and build that character and have his highs and lows through it and, and how things work. And yeah, they don't have time to go. And this is where Superman is and who's playing him. And this is who this is. And this right. is where's Batman. And this is what happened with the flashpoint. They, they don't have time to go back and, and show us what's happened and how it folds in. And even if they did have time, I think this would be a, like, this isn't, this isn't the movie you would do that in. Right? Like the, the, the film that you finally lay out your roadmap and make everything make sense and, and have a Superman cameo of the new Superman or like whatever it is. You're not doing that in a blue beetle movie. No. Right. Like this movie I'm calling it now. This movie is going to lose money. It is. Not because it, I don't think it looks good. It's going to struggle at the very least. At the very least. Not because yeah. I don't think it looks good, but I mean, we just went through, we just talked about what's <sighs> happening with DC and the DC box office. This is going to struggle. Aquaman 2, if we I ever think, see it. <laughs> has a chance to break even. <laughs> And is going to do okay, but just okay. It's certainly not, it's going to be their highest grossing film in a while, but it's not going to come anywhere close to the 1.1 yeah, billion. I don't even, that the first I don't even know if that, like, realistically, it has all, like, if the reason Flash is failing is because it's like a cosmic storm of many things. Well, Aquaman 2 has pretty much the exact same recipe going on. How so? Well, so the the failing DC 
films. Yeah. You've got trouble with your actors. Yeah. You've got... um, You have trouble with one actor who I think has been... Who is, is certainly not the star of your film, and I would imagine has been largely edited out. out of the final yeah, cut. True, but she's like, we haven't seen any new media for it in a, in a, a long time. No, and I mean, we're still a little so ways out from we, it. We don't, we don't know yet how much... Amber Heard's going to or not going to be in the film at this point, but it's that's at this point in time. Yep, it's still an issue. She she's not the star of the film, but she's definitely the leading lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, you, I think it's still the recipe is is not it's not it's not tablespoon for tablespoon, cup for cup, the same recipe, but it's very close. <laughs> Yeah. I, I would I would say it's got just as big an uphill battle as Blue Beetle does. Oh yeah, and you know what? Like taking it one step further, and I'm not just crapping on like the current DC EU. I f- hands down, I fully expect Superman Legacy to lose money. Really? Yep. Hands down. And and I think that that's okay. Like I don't I don't think that that's a a bad thing. Because with the state of the universe, so much depends on that Superman legacy film. It, not financially, but from a building a foundation and recreating trust. And so <clears throat> you, you know what? Like a uh, uh, a logical person, an arguably logical person, could look at these, you know, the the financial disasters that DC's been having, and they could say, you know what, so when James Gunn kicks off his thing, maybe we should tighten the belt a little bit because the money's just been not super great as of recent, and mm. maybe it's time to tighten the belt a little bit. And I think that that would be a, a, a disastrous mistake. So you have to come out of the gate swinging. You so, do not cut corners and and tighten the belt and and cut costs with your foundation building film. Right. But but what you're essentially, I, f- I feel like what you're saying. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Is you think it'll lose money, but you think like critically and uh it'll be just like like in terms of response from people it'll be kind of like the flash everyone's gonna love it i think so yeah Yeah. and i mean not everybody loves the flash like you and i love the flash and a lot of people love michael keaton in the flash but not everybody's loving the flash to begin with which i you know but you know it is what it is. I think people are being in, I think their opinions of the film are being influenced by external things um, versus just simply judging the film. But um, that, you know, that is what it is. I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen anything. I haven't read a script. I don't know anything about, uh, about Superman legacy. So I can't say whether or not 
people are going to like it. Uh, people need to like it. Like James Gunn needs to make a film that people are going to like if if this new universe is going to get off on the right foot. But what I'm saying is is even if 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 DC if James Gunn makes a film that everybody loves and he spends $250 million, $300 million doing it. And the film just barely breaks even or doesn't quite break even, um, which for those, again, it's a very complicated um, equation that takes production budget plus your marketing budget plus your, you know, X, Y, Z. It, 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 if he spends $300 million on the film, the film actually needs to make like $750, $800 million to break even. Um, but even if it doesn't, if he makes a film for $300 million and it only makes $500 million at the box office, but everybody loves it, then then that's fine. And that needs to be seen as a win. And I think that is what will happen. I don't think that first Superman movie that comes out is not going to be a billion-dollar film. It's just not. Because there's been so much trust broken, not by James Gunn, by the previous regime, but it's still, unfortunately, now James Gunn's mess to clean up. Yeah. Wow. I don't think the the confusion he's he's... Um, for he's he's kind of giving us so far isn't helping him either. Right, like, but we're still also three years out from seeing any. Do you know what I mean? Like it's kind, it's okay I, that we're confused right now because there's so much time for them actually to start making announcements and start piecing things together. And it's like you know, right now, essentially, what we're saying because Blue Beetle's not out and Aquaman Two's not out. Right, and so essentially, as fans, we're sitting here saying, "I don't know what's going to happen three films from now, and that's a problem." No, no, no. Yeah, that, as fans, that's Blue you know, Beetle's we the only one know. that's realistically going to potentially change some of that doubt. And even then, because of things James Gunn is saying, it doesn't clear things up. Well, but we don't know, right? Like we no, don't. We don't. We, we're we speculating, seen it. but that's yeah. That's this is why this is a problem. Aquaman because, two might right, make everything all, make sense, but Aquaman two is is old universe. It's going to have nothing to do with James Gunn's but, universe. But that's the thing is we don't know, right? Like we don't know any <laughs> but, of that anymore. Well, that just creates more of a it makes it more of a problem. I think. But maybe when I, you see it, because it will he, make listen, sense. Listen, this this kind of doubt and confusion. In my opinion, it's like it's like concrete. At first, it's easy to move around. It's easy to fix a problem if one comes up. But the longer it's left to to kind of sit in people's minds, the more that it that those thoughts kind of solidify. I think and the harder it will be to sway people. Where if yeah. he had just came out and said once once Aquaman is out, or even Blue Beetle, whatever his cutoff is, that's the last of the old guard. We're starting fresh. That right. would have been, I think, would have given him way more 
goodwill moving forward with his universe. Which ultimately, I think with a few exceptions, I think that is what it's going to... I think like Viola Davis is coming over and playing um, Amanda Waller. I think that outside of that, and then this Blue Beetle thing, which... I don't blame James Gunn for this Blue Beetle thing. I think I think the issues surrounding the confusion with Blue Beetle are largely tied into the director's comments that he just made. Right? Like yes, James Gunn said this thing about about Blue Beetle being the first character but not the first movie. And I'm like, okay, so then maybe what he meant was, hey, you know what? This is going to be our Blue Beetle. We're going to use the same guy. But this isn't a film that we made. This is a film that we're going to kind of adopt. We're going to kind of hijack it and bring it in to the fold of the continuity. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But the first film that we are making as the new DCU, the first film that is being made under this new studio is Superman Legacy. I don't know. Anyways, we got to move on. Um, but yeah, it uh, it's hard. It's hard to know. It's hard to know what's going on. It's impossible. <laughs> mm, Star Wars time. This Ever is since the Star you Wars and I segment. Saw- uh, yes. <laughs> Ever since you and I saw the trailer for Ahsoka, we looked at each other and were like, oh, it's 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 Rebels season five. <laughs> like this is just a sequel series yeah. to Rebels, <laughs> right? Well, yes. Dave Yay! Filoni has confirmed officially <laughs> that Ahsoka is really just Rebels season five. Um, this doesn't surprise me at all. Like, at all. He said, It's hard sometimes to tell with the things you read online whether it's actual fact or just some fan fiction, says Dawson. So D- Dawson is the um, is the actor who plays Ahsoka Tano. Um, but I'm pretty sure Dave said that this is basically like the fifth season of Rebels. So it felt nice to feel that that sort of connection with these people with these people she's got such a rich history with. You can see that with her mission that she has going after Thrawn and believing that he's a lot still alive and holding Ezra in her heart because whoa, I'm and the grammar in this statement is all over the place. And holding Ezra in her heart because they have a really beautiful, long history as well. So that is um, that is Rosario Dawson, who plays Ahsoka Tano, commenting, saying, yeah, you know, like, I've, I'm pretty sure I've heard Dave say that this is just a live-action Rebel Season 5. Um uh, there's not much to say. I mean, I, this is kind of exactly, I think, what we already knew, right? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, duh. Stop the presses. Um, does this change your excitement for it all? Does this add to your excitement? What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't think it changes anything. It's already something that was kind of 
assumed like it's a continuation of that story so it makes sense that that would be kind of the talk around the water cooler about it mm-hmm. <laughs> it, make, it makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah yeah no it's uh it's it's so exciting i mean not even that but just like the 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 Ahsoka show as is, like even if this announcement hadn't come out, the return of Thrawn or like, I, you know, the return of Thrawn to media, but like the really the introduction of Thrawn in the current canon is On just, a larger scale. Yes. A live action introduction yeah, of him. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's just so exciting. Yeah. Um, all right. That is what it is. Moving on. Uh, Deadpool 3 is another thing that we're very looking forward to. And we just got good news recently that it was moving up to May, which means we're like 11 months away from seeing this film. I cannot believe that. That's crazy. Um, but a rumor has come out. And that rumor suggests that Deadpool 3 will actually feature multiple variants of Deadpool and Wolverine sort of sort of running across the multiverse. Now, it's just a rumor, but it's a rumor that has um that comes from a relatively reliable source and is definitely garnering a lot of traction on the internet. Uh, you know, I have two thoughts. Thought number one is it makes sense to me that, you know, like, especially if, um, especially if Deadpool, this is the film where Deadpool is joining the MCU and the MCU is currently in the middle of this multiverse saga. Uh, the fact that this film is going to take a multiverse route is not a far-fetched hard thing to believe. No. It also kind of makes sense in terms of explaining, okay, how does this pre-existing Ryan Reynolds Deadpool character transition into the MCU? Wow, he's from a different multi he's from a different universe. And he comes to this one. Like I that that kind of just explains it away in a really quick, easy, yep, okay, actually, that makes sense. No big deal. However, the other thing I'll say is I, I'm i really over this multiverse stuff. <laughs> you don't, you're, not, you're not into this fad of having multiple versions of the same character on screen? I'm so over this. And I was over it when it started. Like I said to you, and I've said many times, I don't like multiverse stuff in comics because it it it's it takes away all the stakes. It makes everything so lazy. It it's just like oh well, you know, it's and then this happens, and then those consequences don't matter. And oh well, we need the help of three more. Captain Americas. Okay, well, we'll just go find three more Captain Americas. And, and like, it's just lazy and and messy. 
works okay in the comics, sure. Because in the comics, you're like, you you're not you're not expecting the same level of stakes from your comics that you are from a live action franchise. So I don't know. We just had the Spider-Man No Way Home thing. That was great. I enjoyed that. Sure. But then we also just had it in the Flash. Okay. Yeah. Doctor Strange. Okay. For- <laughs> Doctor Strange. Uh, okay. Great. Sure. Like I'm just over it. Right. Seeing a oh, there's we just killed a king. Uh, well, that's okay. There's twelve million more kings. Yeah. Uh However, as much as I'm over it, I think if there's a character who I'm interested in seeing interacting with other versions of themselves, it might be Deadpool. <laughs> right? Like, there's, there's, there's an interesting extra component there. And there is, like, well-known many different variants of Deadpool. Right? Like, there's the... the Just, yeah. Sh- shadow pool or whatever it is well there's like a female deadpool there's a deadpool there's like a head deadpool that dangles gwen, from another gwen pool i think but where gwen, gwen stacy no it's not uh, gwen pool isn't gwen stacy uh, oh she's, no she, the store a quick quick side tangent about gwen pool i guess here gwen pool uh, in the comics was a like person from our world reading marvel comics who somehow got sucked into the comics and because she had kind of similar knowledge that deadpool does that she's in the comic she has those like she's like i'm super powerful and can do crazy things but it's it's a whole weird yeah she's weird (laughs) she she took the name pool because deadpool was one of her favorite characters but yeah. But regardless, but still, there's a lot of different could, Deadpools out there. She could definitely there. be one of those variants, kind of, even though she's yeah. not actually Deadpool. Um, so I think it kind of interests me. And, and uh, I mean, I don't know what different Wolverines you would do. I mean, there's the Wolverine that, um, you know, I don't know. You could see one in, like, the classic outfit, sure. You could see one with that, like the the helmet on the the like Weapon X helmet thing on, with all the like wires and stuff sticking out of them. Sure, but I I don't know. I don't know where I don't know where you take the Wolverine thing. Anyways, you hear this rumor. Number one, do you want it to be true? And number two, if you do want it to be true, um, what sort of crazy over the top hijinks do you expect we could see as a result i think it's probably definitely true because of the trend we've like we've seen in the the superhero films and if the last two deadpool movies or anything it likes to you know and the kind of the character himself deadpool likes to kind of jab at that make jabs at kind of comic book tropes so the fact that multiverse shenanigans is has become essentially a a trope within comic book movies now within the last couple of years 
it, it makes perfect sense that a Deadpool movie would make fun of this trope, right? And do it hard. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I could start out with Ryan Reynolds on. saying, I know what you're thinking. Not another multiverse movie. I know, right? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. yeah, could really just play into it. Yeah, lean into it hard. So I, on top of that, it it's a way to inter, uh, kind of inject um, Deadpool into the MCU proper, who where he previously hadn't existed. On top of that, it's a way to potentially easily inject mutants uh, into the MCU proper yep. uh, in, those a, in a kind of more solidified way than just kind of having a quick snippet from the X-Men theme song play when boyfriend of, of, Cap, uh, of Miss Marvel <laughs> says, your DNA is mutated <laughs> or something like whatever the, his line was in that TV show right at the very end of it. Um, yeah, it's... It's going to be good, I think. It, it it it'll be fun. I I I don't think I, I just kind of I, I'm going to I'm going to rib not rebut. I don't know. I'm going to play off of something you said where you think it's lazy writing. I don't think it's lazy writing. I think it's difficult writing because you said it was lazy and uh, what was the other word? It removes all the stakes. Uh, no, uh, it was lazy. One of the things is that it removed all the stakes, but you said specifically it was lazy and it was, should have wrote it down. Um, anyway, you said something else. And I, whatever that something else was, was the important part. So if you're listening to this, you can just rewind it and know what he's talking about. But <laughs> what we're talking about. But it, it's, it's hard. Like it's, it's hard to do it well. It's, it's, you have to be creative and you have to, think of a, it's like it's like time travel right time travel writing isn't lazy but if you don't if you don't think it through if you don't write write it well then of course it's going to be bad yeah <laughs> of course it's but, not going to play right i mean for me it's just lazy in the sense that like you don't you like oh no gamora died Okay, well, you know, a little bit of time travel, this, that, and the other thing. We've got a Gamora back. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, right? like, you, you don't, in regular, when you're not dealing with multiverse, you have to, when you write something and you put it down on the page and then you make a movie, unless you're going to retcon and make a total mess of your own continuity, you are now beholden to the decisions that, you guys have made as writers and and you know especially in something like the mcu where one film kills off a character and then three mcu films later a different group of writers are working on you know whatever film it was and they're like oh man i we really wish that so-and-so hadn't killed off that character because we would have really loved to use them in this film <gasps> wait a second we can and so it's in that sense, you're no longer, when you're dealing with multiverse, you are no longer held accountable to previous writing. You are no longer, when, if you blow up half the earth and this happens and that happens and all of these things, you 
you're no longer required to really stick to those consequences because you have a multiverse. You have an unlimited number of universes that you can use and exploit and pull characters back in from and, you know, and whatever it is. Right. But I, this is still, this is still, um, I think, uh, solidifies my point that you need to be creative in your writing to make sure that this, it doesn't feel that way. So like time travel can feel that way. Right. But in the flash movie we just watched, that's not the case because things change when you go back in time and try and fix things. This, that's not the case for the Marvel universe, but they still found some ways around that to solidify deaths. Black widow's not coming back. She did. Uh, our universes, right? So is. then, now th- so that's time travel. The way the comics and and the DC universe has, or the MCU has set this up as well. The way comics um, dealt with multiverse kind of shenanigans and uh, bringing a. In this case, let's use Black Widow, bringing a Black Widow from another universe into the MCU universe creates a problem in the event in the form of an incursion. Both universes are going to get destroyed now. Right. So it there is there are stakes still. They've just created different stakes now. They're not leaning into them as well as they should have since they were announced in the um in in Doctor Strange because the MCU is all over the place right now. <laughs> Nobody knows yeah. where it's going. Yeah. But there are stakes to it. They just aren't leaning into them for some reason. Mhm. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Anyways, uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I do think if one film makes sense more than any others to have someone interacting with multiple versions of themselves. It is, you know, it is a, a Deadpool film. So that's, uh, yeah, it's my, my interest is peaked for sure. Talking about my interest being peaked. And this is sort of news, but it's also sort of not news. Uh, someone was recently doing an interview with Jensen Ackles. Dean Winchester from Supernatural. And the whole idea came up of, hey, you think you want to play Batman at some point in this new whole like DCU thing that they're doing? Um, And this wouldn't be the first time that, like this wouldn't be Jensen's introduction into, um, into either A, the DC, or B, Batman stuff. He's voiced Batman um, a couple of times now in animated things. He was also the voice of um, Jason Todd in the Under the Red Hood animated thing that they did. So he's he's got a familiarity with that world. There's also some amazing pictures online of his Batman cosplay for a Halloween costume that that he did. So he's definitely a Batman fan. And they asked him, they said, hey, uh, you know, anything you want to be, anything you want to might be to Batman? And Jensen said, essentially, well, 
duh. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yes. Um he actually made a really funny comment um and I don't think it's in the article that I sent you. Um but essentially he was like, yeah, is you know, like that's and I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, oh, you know, that's something that I'd really love to do, but you know, I Pedro Pascal's probably going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, he said something, he looks at the camera and he's like, hey, Pedro, like, let me know when you decide to start passing on films and then I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll be able to start doing some work. Um, because if you don't know, um, Jensen Ackles was trying to get, he'd like audition for or whatever. He really wanted to play Joel in The Last of Us. Um, and, and obviously Pedro Pascal did it instead. Um, so, could Jensen Ackles be our new Batman? I think, I mean, I'm n- never say never, right? Jensen Ackles, has, he's getting up there, right? So, falling into that, like, slightly older Batman now, who's gone through all the other Robins, and now has his... Damian Wayne, son, Batman, or uh, Robin thing. Is is that possible? Does he fit? I mean, he's 45. So, I would say yes, because you could age him up a little bit. You could make him look a little bit older, right? Give him give him a little salt and pepper in the hair and, and do whatever you need to do to age him up a bit. But I don't think you want to cast, because I think you want to cast someone who looks older than 45, but isn't actually that much older than 45, simply for the longevity of your character, right? You want someone who is going to be able to play Batman for years to come. Do I yeah. personally see it and think it's a good fit? I don't know. I always used to say yes. I used to say that I think Jensen Ackles would make a great Batman. Now I don't know. And I don't know why I don't know. I don't know what's changed about my thoughts on him playing this character. I just don't know if he is what... James Gunn is looking for. You know what James Gunn's looking for? No, I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't know if he's does, what James does Gunn's anybody for. know? <laughs> um, what well, James Gunn does? I <laughs> does he though? <laughs> I'm sure he does. Oh, the guy's got it so thought out. I <laughs> I don't know. And I wonder if not that there's anything wrong with a character playing two different comic book characters and two different. Um, companies or studios uh, but I, I don't know if him act, having a role on the boys affects his chances both negatively or positively I, I don't know I don't think I, it would I just I, I just don't know um, anyways you hear this I know you're a Supernatural fan you're a Jensen Ackles fan you're a Batman fan um, so is it really that simple? Do those three things come together and, and this is an obvious win for you or is it a slightly different story? I mean, it makes sense for me, <laughs> but who the <laughs> hell knows what James Gunn's thinking? <laughs> mm-hmm. so, I don't know. 
I, but you could see this, eh? You'd be happy oh, if yeah. they came out tomorrow and said yeah. Jensen Ackles. And like, you were talking about like age there, 45, whatever. Like, if Batman starts his career as Batman in his early 20s, yep. he could easily be um, seduced by Talia in his mid-20s and then Damien's in his mid-teens when he finally yep. meets Batman yep. at 45. So, that I mean, that timeline you could be he could be late 30s and it'd still almost pan out like like batman doesn't have to be that old for this movie to work the way james gunn's talking so i i don't i think i think he's a he'd be a great fit but i mean there's a probably dozens of other actors who would also be great fits but i but who's who's james gunn eyeing up he's not telling so until until he says this is who I want to be, and then we don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, yeah. At, at, at this point, I'm sick of speculating about the DCU. It was fun when we did our little like uh, fan casting, but like anytime we've talked about DC Universe release leaks since then, it's just made me drawn us further and further away from our predictions and made me go, I don't, I'm done talking about this. <laughs> like, I can't, what's the point at this point? Spec, it's speculating on speculation that's been speculated upon essentially. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Like, for sure. Yeah. And ultimately, no matter when these castings are finally announced, no matter who they pick, not everybody's going to be happy. No. Right? Like, you might love the new Batman, and I'll be sitting there going, oh, why? Or vice versa. Hopefully it's yeah. vice versa. Hopefully I love the new Batman, and you're like, oh, really? That's your dream, eh? <laughs> That's my dream, is that DC's ruined for you. And then I'm, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why we both can't just be happy. It's like, in in my imagination, one of us is going to be on the opposite side of this, no matter what. But, uh, yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see. I, like I said, I'm a fan of Jensen Ackles. I don't know, though, that he, like, I'm trying to think back to Supernatural. Like, at times, the dialogue and the scenes in Supernatural were pretty campy and, and cheesy and whatever. And that was just kind of the story that they were telling. I don't know that I've got a good frame of reference for Jensen Ackles' acting chops. Right? Like there are some pretty dark and serious moments in that. There were, show for too. sure. For sure. <clears throat> but I just, I don't know. I don't know if Jensen Ackles could you don't carry. Know if he's got the range. Yeah, and if he could carry a, a, a you know, essentially carry a, a cinematic universe as Batman. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right. The first trailer is finally here for Craven. Finally. A film that I don't think a lot of people even knew was happening. Or probably even like for the average movie going audience doesn't have any idea who Craven is, but Craven the hunter, a legendary Spider-Man villain, uh, is joining that, the, the venom verse, right? The, the venom Morbius and now Craven universe. 
that is sort of connected to the MCU, kind of via multiverse stuff, sort of not connected to the MCU, kind of via multiverse stuff. I don't really know. Um, I don't think anybody really knows. But in the next installment of a Spider-Man-less Spider-Man movie, we have Craven the Hunter. I've sent you the trailer. I want you to start this off. What are your thoughts on the trailer for Craven the Hunter? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Really? I, I thought know. you'd be all over this. I mean, <clears throat> these villain films that we've been getting. Yep. They've been, we haven't gotten many of them. We've gotten a few over the last couple of years. They've been good, but they've also been bad. Like, I haven't even seen Morbius because it's gotten roasted so bad. I'm not, anytime I think about going to watch it, I, my, I, I immediately go, but is there a better use of my time? <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, there is. Eventually, I've got to sit down and watch it so I can actually have my own take on it. But <laughs> Right. I mean, it's been lambasted so bad. I just, I don't even want to give it the time of day. Uh, but then like you get a movie like Joker, like that was, that was a great villain film. So I see mm. this and they're taking a character who has, has always been a villain I don't think there's ever been a comic. I could be wrong here. I could be very wrong. So, but to my knowledge, uh, I don't think there's ever been a comic book where he's been the hero. So I think he's formed alliances with Spider-Man in the past. Like if they have a temporary, probably, and and if he did, they were probably all self-serving. Like that doesn't make one a hero, right? I don't know. I just like, I don't have an issue with Craven getting powers. I think it's a little weird. He gets bled on by a, by a lion and that's how he gets his powers. <laughs> yeah. It's very Spider-Man esque. Eh? Yeah. Like, like it's very, yeah. Like I quickly, like I knew he had some sort of superhuman abilities. So I quickly have gone to, to, the uh, Wikipedia to kind of check re- check it out, and he gets his abilities from ingesting potions and various jungle herbs, is, is what it yeah. says. So, kind of like uh, Black Panther and Wakanda, and Wakanda yeah. <laughs> movies. Um, uh, I man, I can't. I don't know about this hero bit though, like making him the son of a gangster, essentially a mobster or whatever, warlord, and then somehow because of that in his childhood, he he hunts bad guys. Well, how do you spin that on him now wanting to hunt good guys later? I, I don't... Well, I, just, I mean, he's still not... like Sort of like Venom, even though... Even though the guys that he's hunting are bad guys, in spider because he's like biting people's noses off and 
and just like brutal, like John Wick right. style, and, brutally and annihilating. They're making people. him an anti-hero. Yeah, like Spider-Man. But, he, as in Spider-Man's eyes, Craven's still not going to be on the right side of the law. No, but he, he's still. They're still kind of tapping him to be a hero from this trailer. Based on this trailer alone, the hero of this. It film, looks like yeah. they're tapping him to be a hero, a hero of his own story, I guess. Yeah, which I guess every villain is the hero of their own story. Yeah, Magneto. But right? oh man, I just I don't know. It seems like a really big departure. Yeah. Are you bummed out that he doesn't have an accent? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the 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 look is spot on. The, the actor look spot the on. Look, looks Russell Crowe agreeing to do this film is just fantastic. Yeah. Like that makes me very happy. I'm amazed at how graphic they've gone. Like this is a hard R film. This is not you know, this is not just like Sunday morning at the movie theater. This is this is, you know, like I said, the biting people's nose off and decapitating people and and that one line in the trailer where he's like, "Oh, where's so and so?" and he's like, "Oh, you're standing in him." <laughs> And you like look down and there's just this like pool of blood. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm maybe, and maybe that's, you know, maybe I'm just turning a blind eye to a bunch of things, but like, especially, oh my gosh, the end of this trailer. Haven't you ever wondered why they call me the rhino? And he starts like, yeah, that was pretty cool. That's so cool. And may finally get the taste of Paul Giamatti's mechanical rhino from the end of Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man two out of our mouths. Cause that was just like, what, what is happening? Yeah. yeah. So you're you lukewarm just, though, eh? You're not sure. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the quintessential things to Craven's character is that he's this self-serving kind of big game hunter. And as part of that, Spider-Man is like the epitome of prey, like the perfect prey, like yeah. dangerous and hard to catch and kill. And I don't know how, like, again, like, even if he's kind of the hero of his own story, he's, and he, but, it, and again, based on the trailers alone, it seems like he's only goes after bad guys. Yeah. How do you spin that to him looking at Spider-Man as the ultimate prey? Maybe. I, I just, I don't, it, it, it also kind of seems like he, per, I don't know, maybe I need to watch the trailer again, but it seemed like he more kind of protects wildlife in this. I don't know. Did you get the sense he, he hunted wildlife for, for game or sport? He seems to have like a kinship with animals, eh? Yeah. Which... Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I think I'm torn. You, I'm torn. I think you could have it, and this is I. You know, maybe this is a stretch, but I think like because it's a mutation that's happened inside of him. Maybe he down the road he continues to mutate further and becomes more animalistic Feral. and loses those morals and i don't but, know but then you've then you're just turning him into Sabretooth. 
right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I'm excited for it. This looks like a great movie to me, and and the trailer made me very happy. And and screw you, because I think this is going to be a lot of fun. But I uh, I mean, I'm don't get me wrong. The trailer makes it look like a fun flick, for sure. I just I just don't know if I buy the storyline they're trying to run for Craven. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, we don't know, like the big question is, you know, Morbius, Venom, now Craven, the, they've got their upcoming, there's like a Madam Web movie coming, there's all these things. Are, like, is the plan ever for these characters to interact with a Spider-Man? We don't know. Yeah. Right? They may just not point. be going that route. So, because I certainly can't, because like up until this point, I could kind of see it, but then, yeah, the fact that this film is going to be so hard R, I don't like you, who you know, what Spider Man would it be? Are they going to cast a new Spider Man? I can't picture Tom Holland Spider Man being in a in the same universe as as this Craven, right? That's yeah. a <laughs> yeah. really aggressive shift. I'm just kind of so. watching this trailer now again i'm about halfway through it and you know what i get the sense so like again i still don't get the sense that he's kind of the craven from the comics but in the first bit of the of the of the trailer russell crowe does like killing for sport bad dude <laughs> has yeah. a, an, a a legion of because there are versions of craven who where he works alone in the comics but there are also versions where he has like a hunting party he's got he's got goons right so like yeah russell crowe feels more like like craven <laughs> craven and yeah traditionally all right moving on to our final topic years ago Kevin Feige, Marvel, kind of came out and they said, you know, we're only ever going to go to Comic-Con if we feel like we've got something to show. Like if if it's worth it, right? If we're bringing the hype. And I guess this year they're not feeling it because officially Marvel is not going to Comic-Con. And this doesn't surprise me at all all because the state of marvel right now is such a mess <laughs> right <laughs> like specifically stuff like like with the jonathan majors i mean very specifically the jonathan majors thing um and it wouldn't be an issue if it was just about anybody else in the mcu but because this is the person who your basing the entire future of your franchise on, at least for the foreseeable future, the fact that he's in criminal trials and and making all these, like, it's sticky. And I don't even think Marvel knows what to do quite yet. I don't think they've got their plan sorted out. Yeah. Well, even outside of that, Marvel, the the cinematic universe is a bit of a... (laughs) Well, and that's just, I mean, that's just story-wise, and that wouldn't prevent you from 
going to Comic-Con, right? Not if anything, that'd be no. the opposite. You would go to Comic-Con and you'd be like, okay, we have a plan, right? And you would t- be telling people you're planning, you know, like, hey, you'd be building that hype to correct the ship. You don't, you're not a no-show. But this Jonathan Major stuff, I, it's just, it's, it, things have never been worse for the studio. Um, and so they're not, they're just simply not going. Now, what's really interesting here, and I think very important, is that if anybody has their head on their shoulders over at DC, this is your moment. You need to be looking at this and saying, okay, Marvel's not going to be there. The stage, so to speak, is ours. And you need to, I, I, and I don't know what it is, right? I don't know what you do, but you do something big. Maybe it's like, oh, you know, we, we know who our Superman is. We weren't going to announce it for another couple of months, though. It doesn't matter. Announce it now. Announce it now, right? Maybe you got another film, another project, because they said when that when they gave us that current slate of films that this was most of but not all of the first chapter of the new DCU, the Gods and Monsters chapter, and so maybe you drop a ball, you drop the bomb on a couple more. Maybe you come out and you say, and Jason Momoa is going to be Lobo. Or whatever it is, but this is give us, your give us something. <laughs> this is your opportunity to swoop in and build hype and start that foundational building that we were talking about with um, Superman Legacy. This is your time to shine because all eyes are on you. If you if DC shows up, which I have no reason to think that they're not going to. I haven't heard that they're not going to. All eyes are on you. All eyes are on you. And so don't fumble this. Don't fumble. Cause, Cause now's not the time to now's not the time to sit back and go, oh, we're not ready to reveal that yet. Now, there's some stuff they're not ready to reveal, and that's fine. But man, if they can nudge up a, a an announcement in that timeline, now is the time. Now is the time. Carl, you hear that Marvel's not going to be a Comic-Con. A, does this surprise you? And B, do you? what are your thoughts on, on DC and, and the responsibility that falls on them now? I mean, are we talking about just like DC Cinematic not being at Comic-Con? Or is this like... No, Marvel. Sorry, Marvel Cinematic? Or is this like Marvel as a whole? No, I think it's like Marvel Studios. Like they're not going to do okay. their Hall H presentation, right? Okay, so like comic comics and writers and inkers and stuff. Yeah, I'm there. sure all that yeah. stuff still. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not as bad. <laughs> I I mean it's it's um it's definitely a like a not a misstep, but like a, a missed opportunity, right? Like this is, and anybody that cares about your, your property, the people, the people that are going to push your property for you 
are all eyes on, are all their eyes are on this event, right? The the fans. You've got people who like the MCU, but the fans are watching what's coming out of these things. The, the, these things, especially something yeah. this big. Yep. So to to miss it is is not great. Right. And, and conversely, like you said, yeah, like this is a huge opportunity for a competitor like DC and James Gunn's new DC universe to step up to the plate, go for that extra conversion and get that goal in overtime. Mhm. I know sports. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> that's that that's how that you play. That's how you play tennis right there. <laughs> Doing those things. <laughs> that's that's a pickleball reference if I've ever heard one. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Yeah, this is uh it could I mean, depending on what comes out of the event as a whole, it could be no big deal. Mhm. But like if competitors see this as a as a as a moment of weakness, we'll say, and step uh, and, and jump at the opportunity, it could be a big problem for the MCU and give the the DC universe a huge injection of kind of trust and faith and and uh, an opportunity to kind of take some of the, the eyes away from what has been the, like the, the draw for comic book lovers <laughs> to go to the theaters, the MCU and, and sway those over towards the DC side, which has not been as um, beloved. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say about that. So yeah. there. That's it. That's the news. That's all. That'll do it. That'll do it. Man, that felt like a lot longer than it should have been. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying we like. We, apparently, we like to talk about things. We like to chit chat. Hopefully, hopefully, you all like to listen. <laughs> if you made it this Otherwise. far, then there's something wrong with you, or you do like to yeah. listen to us prattle on yeah. about nonsense. You don't like. In which case, you there is something wrong with you, and you should probably go see a psychiatrist if you don't like listening to us talk about the news then get, i don't know, get bent i that's all i <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is thank you for listening make sure you check out our facebook instagram and twitter all listed below patreon little is a dollar a month you can support the show as well as get some fun goodies pete and i just recorded a, a bonus episode for for patreon where we talk about uh talk about some movie stuff but we also i get pete to weigh in on that whole getting the marriage blessing thing so if you want to hear the other part of that conversation unfold from from last week uh then then that's the place you got to go do it on patreon and we also have merch Uh, for those I, unaware, merch means we have stuff for sale. I yeah. I always every time I say we have merch, I'm expect you to jump in and be like, ah, merch or whatever it is. And every single time I say we have merch, and then and then and then I pause, and then nothing happens. 
You let me down, man. But I, I, I'm done talking about what I'm supposed to talk about. Give yeah, it. You're supposed to talk about merch. That's the other no. thing that did. Was like, that in the contract? We stood up at each other's weddings. <laughs> <laughs> when I say I merch, know, I don't know if you stood as much as leaned. You had quite a few in you, didn't you? <laughs> not at the ceremony. <laughs> uh, no, but I did when we uh, when we went and illegally cut down trees the night before your wedding. That was uh, that was a thing. Wasn't it? Right. <laughs> it was not my idea, by the way. Not my idea. I was the I was just there to be supportive. All right. Yeah, buy buy a shirt. Yes. Buy a shirt. I've actually or got this shoes. really cool idea. We have shoes? Buy shoes. No. I've got this cool idea for a new shoes. shirt that I'm gonna get ye- both you and Pete to draw a self portrait. <laughs> All three of us are going to draw a okay. self-portrait, and then it's just without seeing each other's self-portraits. So, like, totally and, different styles, totally whatever. them on a shirt. <laughs> and then it's just going to be, like, a white or a black shirt with a white, like, you know, Pete, Brady, Carl, cross, and then, like, above each of our names. It'll just be our self-portrait. This isn't going to be like that, uh, that MCU press junket where they had, like four of the MCU guys on a late night show and they were all supposed to draw a self-portrait and no, Robert Downey Jr. had like a professionally drawn one. Oh no, I didn't see that. <laughs> no, I'm expecting like one of us, at least one of us is just going to be a stick figure. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's how it's going to go down. Yeah.